Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Up Your Volume, the morning show live podcast that I am luckily able to do with my mom. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Wow, you sound all like soft-spoken today. Me? Yeah, you're like... (laughs) My radio voice. Oh, it certainly isn't your Philly East Coast girl voice right now. (laughs) No, I think it's because (laughs) normally I have one ear on, one ear off of these headphones, and today I have them both on, so I don't know if I'm, like, screaming or if I'm too soft. Oh. Well, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. How's I'm your really excited weekend? about today's show. Me too, and you've been on the road. Why don't you tell us about what's going on on the Take It to the Streets tour? Yeah, I'm actually talking to you guys live from Santa Maria, which is right outside of San Luis Obispo. Um Yep, they is taking it to the streets tour seventeen launched officially this week and um it's been exceptional as always. Uh did a thing at Mission Heirloom up in Berkeley, which was great. Uh meeting the community is always just such a wonderful thing. And then I got to go thank all my friends at Nativa and for all that they do, because you know their products are a big part of my healing and I got a tour. Yeah of the whole plant and I spent some time with the CEO and just, I'm not going to lie. I bawled. I bawled during my talk. I was crying. Of course. Snot. As we expect. Snot had no tissues. So I was using my hands, which then had snot on it. It was really not a good thing. Oh book, my God. Very I know, But you know what they did? They like, they did a whole lunch for the whole company that was all paleo. And I mean, they just really, as always go above and beyond. And uh, that was really cool. And um, now today is sort of a rest day after this. Uh, Gidge and I are going to actually go tour an organic farm that's been around the San Luis Obispo area and with a family for over 30-something years, almost four generations. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to go to the beach. How is Santa Cruz? I, I know we both have never been there. I could live there. Santa Cruz is what Venice used to be. Really? It's like Venice with a university because University of California, Santa Cruz is there. That's and right. Yeah, my boyfriend's little brother goes there. I, I like, want to live there. I already looked at real estate. You know how I am. I already scoped the whole scene. Um, it's beautiful. It's awesome. It's gritty. It's uh, really nice and centrally located, but it's really nice. Like, I really want to go back there with you. I really loved it. And you went to, like, Big Sur almost, too. Yeah, yesterday was a big day. Um, I have driven the 17-mile drive before, which is hugging the coast of California from, you know, like Santa Cruz down to Big Sur, uh, but never by myself. And when I did it before, I was always scared to death, even though I was in the passenger side. Um, 
I had no fear and did it yesterday as far as I could go. They turned you around at Big Sur because all the rain that we're having in California, the one bridge to get you to Big Sur is done. There's no way to get in and out of there right now, apparently. Oh, my God. It was crazy. But it was still kind of cool. I knew that the bridge was out, but I still drove like 11 miles to where the police like turned you around. Like I wasn't the only one. There were cars in front and behind me all doing the same thing. Because you could go right, and right. still stop, you know. Um, and then I got, you know, to be able to drive it back. So that was kind of cool. Although I saw the same thing twice, seeing it going south versus going north was a completely different visual. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me a ride that should have taken me like two and a half, three hours. I spent like eight and a half hours doing because I just kept stopping along the way. Of course, yeah, you gotta take mm-hmm. pictures when, and you had some clear days, which is huge. Yeah, I mean it's cold, but it's sunny. Like cold fifty-five is cold for us, you know. But yeah, sunny. I mean yesterday was in the high forties. I mean people don't realize I, I had, you know, as you know, our family is from Pennsylvania, and uh, I had my family texting me that it was seventy degrees, you know, on the East Coast. So it's just been really, it's been weird. The I would say the past year with these winters where I feel like sometimes, you know, Cali is colder than the East coast. I feel like this is the first winter we've really had in the last five years. I don't mind the California cold. I just don't like the wind. There's a lot of wind up here. And in the Bay area, we had a lot of rain when I was there. I mean, I drove over the golden gate bridge with like 20 mile an hour winds at nine o'clock at night. And I thought my car was just going to fly off. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad you were safe. Uh, if you guys want to hear more about the Take It to the Streets tour, you can go to paleobosslady.com or sign up for her blog. If you actually go to paleobosslady.com and you're on there for more than a few minutes, it'll prompt you to sign up for her blog. Um, and actually today, when we actually get to my mom's segment, you'll hear where she's actually discussing part of her blog this week. So, um if you ever want to dive deeper into what she talks about, usually, um, you know, some of these are referenced in her blog as well. So, again, paleobosslady.com for more information on that. I have some fun stuff to get into today as well. The Roots Picnic um, lineup just got announced. As you guys know, uh, being from Philly, we are huge Roots fans and pretty much, you know, the whole OK Player team. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of what they do and – um, it's always in June. It's always the first weekend of June. And um, my one of my best friends from high school is actually getting married the second weekend in June. And I was, I was just telling my mom before the show, um, as you guys know, we have our weekly pre-show. <laughs> pre-show. And today's got a little, little hilarious. We were, we were dying laughing and could barely breathe. Um, mm-hmm. but, but we were talking about this. And, 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 you know, I said to her, I said, you know, if it was, a lineup that I was dreaming of or that it has been the past couple of years, then I would have figured out a way to make it there. But um, I don't know. The lineup just didn't do that much for me, but I'm going to go through it with you guys. Um, the headliners are obviously the roots um, and Pharrell is going to be headlining with them. Um, oh, come on right Little there Wayne. for me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, don't get me wrong, huge Pharrell fan, but uh, I would say the past 10 years of Pharrell's music have not been my taste personally. Um, oh. Love Pharrell as a, you know, 
human being, as an, as an artist, as a, as a producer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it's just been a little, little different for me, but I am hearing uh, rumors that NERD is going to put out an album. I've always been a fan of NERD, so I would love to see what they have coming up. Um, Little Wayne and Solange are um, also headlining. Um, you know, Solange had a really, really, really big year for her music. Um and with her album, so I think that should be a great show. Kimbra, I'm a huge fan of. Um, was excited to actually see her on this lineup. 21 Savage, um, Black Thought and J Period. I think you guys have heard me talk about um, them before. Black Thought, obviously the MC of The Roots. J Period is a longtime DJ producer in the Philly area, and they always do like a live mixtape. Um, usually runs pretty long. And they usually record it and turn it into an album, like an actual mixtape. Um, this year's mixtape is going to feature Fat Joe, Mob Deep, and the one and only Scott Storch. That actually sounds pretty cool. So um, I would check that out. Um, the person I was the most excited about on this lineup was Thundercat. A huge Thundercat fan. Um, he should be doing some awesome stuff. So stay tuned for that. Um, Michael Kawanka. Virgil Abloh, No Name, Gills Peterson, Khalid, DJ Spinna, PNB Rock. Um, who else is there? Anthony Somebody, DJ NOC, James Vincent McMorrow, Pete Rock. Um, so a lot of, you know, Philly people that you guys know, obviously Pete Rock's on the list. Um, should be cool. I, I, I won't be attending this year. Unfortunately, I will be out here. Um, but for those that do go, you know, or, or if you guys um, you know, were hoping you'd see someone else's name on here, give us a shout out and let us know. You can always go to Nikki Bovey, Nikki-Bovey.com. Excuse me for that. Um, last week we had gone over our Grammy. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, we went through everything and we had a lot to cover, so I'm glad you guys you guys seemed to enjoy that last week. Um, this year we're getting into a more you know traditional playlist that you're gonna see from me, just on a five on the countdown. Um, I've been really excited since the beginning of the year. John Mayer has released two EPs, kind of you know just dropping these awesome singles along the way. Um, we had heard the Search for Everything Wave One in the beginning of the year. And now Wave 2 just dropped this week. Um, and, you know, as always, they're, they're going to feature um, Pino on bass, Steve Jordan on drums, um, just, you know, awesome band. I really, really like the song Helpless from this EP. Um, so I put number one as John Mayer's Helpless. If you haven't checked out Wave 1, um, please check that out. And um, give me one second. I'm sending a quick text message to our guest, Emily. Uh, really quickly. Okay. And then we're trying to get her single up here for you guys so you guys can hear it at the end of our show. Um, so that's what we're trying to work on the side. As you guys know, it's live. So <laughs> we just kind of do everything on the fly. And it's fun. Uh, we roll with whatever life delivers. It's not on the fly because we prepare for these, but we, no, you know, I, things, I, stuff happens. When you're in the restaurant world, you say you use on the fly a little differently. Oh, okay. So, um, but anyway, uh, as I was talking to you guys about 
Thundercat, I have him at number two with Show You The Way. Um, awesome, awesome single that he released earlier uh, this year. Still getting to enjoy it. I really, really, really dig him. Um, I have a good friend of mine, um, Thomas Pridgen, who actually plays live with him, plays drums live with him. So um, check out number two, Show You The Way by Thundercat. Number three, Calvin Harris just dropped this single that he had been hinting at for a while, featuring Frank Ocean and Migos. This song is called Slide. Um, you know, I'm, I have never been a huge EDM fan um, at all, but Calvin Harris has always done it right, and this song is super cool. I've always been a big Frank Ocean fan. Um, check it out. Again, that's Calvin Harris featuring Frank Ocean and Migos with Slide. Um, Taylor Bennett, you're going to see his face and be like, why does he look so familiar? Do I know this person? He is actually Chance the Rapper's little brother, and he is almost an identical twin. Um, They look very, very similar. He just released um, a huge album that just came out, and excuse me, but, uh, oh, it's called, it's a free album. It's called Restoration of an American Idol. Um, this project features his brother, Chance the Rapper, and Jeremiah. Um, definitely check it out. It is, uh, I really like the song Grown Up Fairy Tales. He's kind of got, um, you know, you can hear influence of Twista. You can hear influences of Nas. Um, you know, it just he's got his own rapping technique. Um Kind of has the same flavor as his brother as well. So check it out. Taylor Bennett coming in at number four with Grown Up Fairy Tales featuring his brother and Jeremiah. Um, We've been talking about this, you know, this growth that Ed Sheeran's had um, for a while. And, um, you know, Mom, you were just saying that, what what were you saying earlier about Ed Sheeran? Well, I mean, I'm in the car a lot, obviously, touring, and I love his music so much. I just want to hear something other than love crying songs. Like I, I would like, you know, I'm looking forward to this album being different. Okay. Right. And as you guys remember um, from the Grammys, he had done, um, Oh man, what is the name of that song? The one that's I'm in love with your body. Um, that might even be the name of the song. Unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me, um, but he performed that using all the loops that he's known for doing. He, you know, he, he played a little synth riff, uh, then, you know, did his own backgrounds and layered guitar, and um, it sounded really, really cool. Uh, I really liked it. A lot of people thought he was going kind of like the EDM route. I didn't get that vibe. I thought he actually kind of reverted back to the Ed Sheeran. We came to know and love, you know, years ago when he was just being discovered. So I thought it was really cool. Um, he just released Castle on the Hills new video. His album again is coming out March third, so I believe that's next Friday. So stay tuned for that. I'll do a review on that once it comes out. Um, and then I also this, so that's our playlist for this week. We have Helpless John Mayer, Show You the Way Thundercat, Calvin Harris featuring Frank Ocean and Migos with Slide, um, Taylor Bennett with Grown Up Fairy Tales, Ed Sheeran for Castle on the Hill. I wanted to remind you guys, if you guys didn't hear my playlist about three weeks ago, I had Jameer Kwai on it with Cloud9. Um, he just made the video for that. Super awesome. The song is really cool and really excited to have Jameer Kwai, you know, back in the game. Um, another thing I wanted to tell you guys about, um, 
I just share with you that I didn't get to share with you guys yesterday that I totally skipped my mind. Um, I think you guys remember um, I went to that Miles Davis premiere for Miles Ahead, um, you know, which I love. Don Cheadle played Miles Davis. Um, if you guys didn't know, Robert Glasper actually did the film score for that, um, which I believe I talked about when 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 that was actually out. And um, they did win a Grammy, and I forgot to uh, congratulate Glasper on that. Um, also, he will. Um, He's going to serve as music. This is Robert Glasser. He's going to serve as a musical director for a two-day program um, that includes all musician all-stars such as Bilal, Jill Scott, um, the Igmar Thomas Revive Big Band. It's going to be huge. This is going to be um, at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. I don't nice. see a date for that, um, but any any more information that gets released, I will be sure to keep you posted on that. Um, so mom, I want to hear what you got for me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because driving to, um, from Southern California to the Bay area, you know, the quickest route is the I five and it's also the grossest way you could ever go. It's, um, it's where a lot of the farms are and it really smells of animals. Uh, not that I hate animals, but it's just not a good look. In addition, it's, it's kind of hilly and it's windy. And the one time I did drive it, my car just was flying all over the road. So I thought I'm going to have the 101 up, which is um, a little closer to the coast. And on mm-hmm. the way back, I'm going to do the PCH or California one, which before I became a miracle, I would have had so much anxiety. There was no possibility for me to even consider those things. And as I'm driving them, having no problems at all, I'm thinking about, wow, how far I've come and things like that. And then I realized this is probably something I haven't really touched on in my brand, Paleo Boss Lady. So I did a little Facebook Live about it that was received really well last this week. So I thought, you know what, let's talk about it briefly. And then I wrote a blog that will come out tomorrow. Um, if you're not subscribed to my newsletter, you can do that on paleobosslady.com. But the reason why I thought it was interesting is because when I sat down to write the blog, things, you know, when you really focus on something, things come back to you. Um, you know, I've had anxiety my whole life, but I never knew it was anxiety. Since I was a little girl, I've had phobias, um, fear of heights, fear of closed spaces, which I still have. Um, which have now been passed down to me. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it's part of our charm. And um, OCD. I don't think you have OCD like I do, though. You definitely don't have OCD. No, you can't keep stuff in your car. I don't have OCD. I have um, I have a neatness clean. I'm a clean freak. I'm a neat freak. And um, in addition, I have routines that have to be followed, like things that I do in certain steps that are always done in those steps just because – and I try and deviate, but you really can't. Um, I'll never forget when Nikki was in college. I think it was like her junior year. One day she called me. She's like, I cannot believe it. I'm becoming you. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I organize the refrigerator now. Because when I have a home, I um, organize my refrigerator every day. And everything, when you open up the refrigerator door, is completely in order. Like nothing is like just thrown in there. Um, all drawers, all cabinets, everything is lined up. Um, my clothes drawers, like even I live out of a suitcase. It's always neat. Everything's like 
perfect. And I try and make it messy, but I can't. Well, that's, these are all forms, phobias, OCD. These are all anxiety, forms of anxiety. I also have always lived like fight or flight, meaning that I go from, and actually our guest uh, was a victim of this. Um, I go from zero to a hundred. Um, if something triggers me really quickly, um, because we we live fight or flight. We're either either going to fly or we're going to kill you. There's no, like, in-between. Um, schedule. I had a, I, I just schedule my life. And if, if life interrupted the schedule I had set, I had trouble uh, managing uh, that. And then it finally got to the point when I realized that I had anxiety, when I needed to go to the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack. And realizing that, you know, my shortness of breath, the pains in my chest and, you know, body temperature issues that I was having, you know, at that time had nothing to do with having a heart attack, actually had nothing to do with MS and were directly related to anxiety. So in typical Western medicine healthcare that sucks in the United States of America, the first thing that the doctor did was like, here, here's Xanax. So for, I don't know, I'd say 15 years, I lived taking Xanax a couple times a week, right? I mean, it was mm-hmm. pretty often. And I was told by the doctors that if I felt like when I went to bed the next day was going to be a day where I could potentially have stress because I, and, and unable to manage it, a.k.a. anxiety, that because I had MS, they wanted me to just wake up and take Xanax right away because they feared that my inability to manage stress would trigger, you know, an MS attack. So sometimes I was taking Xanax just like as a prophylactic measure. Never did anyone say, let's work on stress management tools. It was just take Xanax. So it really wasn't until I began to get conscious about six years ago that I started questioning things. And the first thing I questioned wasn't, should I get off of anxiety medicine? It was everything else that eventually I just got off of anxiety medicine because, you know, one of the first things is is I suffered from brain fog, which if you're eating and sugar, you suffer from inflammation. It's not just in some parts of your body. It's in all parts of your body. And it causes you to have sometimes trouble thinking clearly. Now, someone with an autoimmune disease, our brain fog might be more severe, but we all suffer from it. And you will realize it once you start eating clean. You'll be like, wow, my brain is like on point. Like, you know how you're like, oh, I can't remember what I had for dinner? And you just ate mm-hmm. dinner? That's brain fog. Like, those things will go away when you start, you know, removing things like that from your diet. I mean, not right away, but they do go away. So once my brain fog went away, I was able to open my mind to the fact that it's like, wow, the only thing I do to treat my anxiety is pop a pill. Terrible idea, you know. Um, So getting conscious around food, um, diet, and lifestyle were really the things that helped me to start managing my anxiety in a holistic, natural way. Also, by ridding my body of toxic chemicals and foods, anxiety automatically goes away because I lived at this heightened state of awareness because my body wasn't well, not even mentally. I'm talking physically well let alone the mental issues. So once I was able to get my body physically well, the mental stuff, the psychological stuff that I needed to do became a lot easier. And I have to tell you, especially your generation and younger, um, millennials and younger, and I know this because I live in the community. I serve the community. I'm out in the community. I don't know many people that can say, 
I mean, last year I gave cooking classes to over a thousand people. I've stood in front of, you know, probably 10,000 people if you add up the whole year um, meeting the community. And I'm going to tell you, in the category of women's predominantly, at least 75% of them struggle with forms of anxiety. And I think the first thing that I would recommend as a takeaway from this is the standard takeaway. Get conscious, find community. Because get conscious about your life and usually requires stepping outside of cultural, cultural and societal norms, which is often difficult to do. So you need community to help you in those transitions. So as usual, mm-hmm. I sign up to be the community of one to help you start. But if you're not interested in me being in your community, meetups are a great place, your local yeah. gym. You know, if you practice yoga, make friends at your studio. If you're a conscious eater, find someone in your vegan, paleo, vegetarian, whatever it is world. Um, and also, you know, I, not to be an answer to self-promote, but cultural collision is going to be a part of this. And I did do a TEDx on when your culture, sort of the role it plays in um Anxiety, because a lot of times, whether your culture is being a woman, a daughter, mm-hmm. Italian, an employee, a mother, a sister, an aunt, all of those terms come with cultural things that we're supposed to adhere to that just are attached to those words. Learning how to navigate when those cultural things can interfere or cause stress is A, number one, and really a lot of the psychology work that needs to be done so I just wanted to share that and if and if you know just touch on stuff and hope that you know maybe tomorrow you'll go to my blog or sometime this week or if you want you could sign up for my newsletter where the blog comes out it comes out Sunday or Wednesday I try and do it Sunday but just like with a live radio show we don't stress about it too much we work really hard to make sure the content we deliver is on point and there are hiccups along the way so last week you didn't get one because I lost my blog somehow when I was up when I was backing up my computer, I deleted files to make room, and I think I deleted the blog I was supposed to send. So rather than stress about it, I didn't send one. So just so you know, it's not always weekly, but I think I it's pretty darn close. Um, yeah, I think you've probably only missed two ever. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but I still stress about them. See, because that's the type A overachiever uh, part of me. So um, stress is a big thing, and and anxiety because stress causes anxiety. So, you know, being able to navigate these things, you know, produces amazing outcomes and sometimes not even working on them consciously. I was not working on anxiety. Yes. I mean, I was going to a psychotherapist, but it wasn't my number one goal. My number one goal was to get rid of MS. Little did I know that all of it collectively is what gets rid of MS, you know? Right. Right. Well, and, I'm glad you shared that because as somebody who suffers from, you know, anxiety and stress, um, you know, it, it, it's always good to hear that you don't have to resort to a medicine because I think that's, that's been society's whole um, spiel is that when you feel this way, you go to a doctor and they prescribe you something, either, you know, Xanax or something along those lines. And, um you know, now we have different methods and, you know, you, you're the first person to always ask me when we do catch up as, as mother daughter, when we're talking on the phone, you know, what, what um, are the steps you follow when you feel that way, you know, and you right. always make sure to ask what I'm doing to help my stress and my anxiety. And, um, 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of people do because I think people have been conditioned to just, you feel a certain way, you take something. You you know, you have a headache, you take something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I appreciate that. Um, I, I say we, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that you know lot you know I was that person so there's a no judgment zone here you know when the doctor oh, said oh you have anxiety here's Xanax I was like yeah hell that's what I'm doing it wasn't until I started getting conscious that I was like what am I doing like I need stuff in my bag of tricks to handle and manage you know my anxiety not a pill only that was the only exactly. thing I had exactly well we're going to take a quick commercial break and hear from our sponsors from the take it to the streets tour um, and actually in order for me to play those, so I, I've been trying to upload an audio clip from our guest, Emily Albert. Um, but I think, I don't know if it's because we're live or what, but it's, it is not happening as quick as I'd like it to happen. So unfortunately I'm going to have to stop the downloading process, which I don't even know if it started. It's just kind of giving me the circular motion, um, time clock um, in order to play those. So what I'm going to do, just so you guys are aware, and and, um, we're going to get to Emily right after this break, but I'm either going to try to upload it again while we're talking with her, and if it doesn't go through, what I'll do is I'll start the show next week with both of her two singles. Oh, my goodness. Singles, so you guys Uh can hear them. Um, So here we go. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, just giving you guys the – the update on all that. Here's a word from Nativa. Up Your Volume Morning Show Podcast and the Taking the Streets Tour are brought to you by Nativa. We would like to thank our good friends at Nativa for their support of the Taking It to the Streets Tour. We can't say enough about Nativa products. We adore that Nativa is committed to nurturing vitality by consciously curating the world's finest plant-based organic ingredients. In fact, most of the dishes in our house, found on our kitchen table, are made possible by the fine products from Nativa. For more information on all of their products, go to www.nativa.com. That's N-U-T-I-V-A.com. And Palm Done Right. You've probably heard the horror stories about palm oil, orphaned orangutans, rainforests destroyed, smoldering fires that pollute the air. Thankfully, that is not all there is to this tale. There's another happier story that is yet to be told. One where farmers are empowered and communities thrive. One where animals and people are healthy. Where the land flourishes with diversity. And it's called Palm Done Right. Our good friends at Natural Habitats are committed to supporting the community with Palm Done Right, and we are honored to have them supporting the Taking It to the Street store. To learn more, please head to www.palmdoneright.com. Again, that's palmdoneright.com. Good morning, Emily. How are you? Hi there. I'm good. How are you all? Good. So what's been going on? It's great to have you. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to chat with y'all. Thanks for hanging um, on the line for us while we have the beginning portion of our show. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate to check that. it out. Absolutely. So tell us what's been going on. We know you've been touring, and I just released these two sing- singles back in November, and I just want to hear wh- what's been going on with you and how your New Year's kicking off. 
Well, it's going good. I um, I mean, I, I spent most of the last couple years um, playing a supporting role in another band by by an artist I really admire named Esperanza Spalding. Um, and that was super exciting and beautiful learning experience and um, really uh, charged me up in a lot of good ways. And, and now that project has, has uh, come to a close. And so I'm right now I've been kind of writing and, and having a more kind of inner creative process and I'm getting to hit the, getting ready to hit the road um, more in the spring, starting in a, in a few weeks here. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. And how yeah. was that project with Esperanza Spalding? That was, Emily D plus evolution. It was, yeah. I mean, the name's just coincidence, <laughs> but right. um, yeah, it, it was it was awesome in the, the true meaning of the word. You know, um, I've been a fan of hers for m- more than ten years now. She's uh, she's really really someone I I admire uh, deeply, and you know, just to be able to witness her creative process and and support that process and and help. Um, help bring that project to life along with other really, uh, really wonderful musicians and people, and just 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 hang and and uh, see new parts of the world together. It was, uh, it was a, yeah. a really enriching experience. That's so awesome. Yeah, you guys yeah. got to go all over. I saw you guys were even played at the Sydney Opera House and everything like we that. Did, yeah. Wow. What was the most memorable place that you played? You know. Um, so so many stand out. Um, I mean, of course, oftentimes I I had some of the best experiences when we had a day off somewhere. <laughs> so it's a little you know it's, right. it's a little less about being partial to a, a geographic or a cultural place and more just that we had time to explore it. But um, I I had a really great time in um, in Georgia in in the Republic of Georgia. Um, that was one of my one of the most interesting places for me just because. You know, it's it's at such an interesting crossroads of uh, Asia and Eastern Europe, and right. even you know, like Central Asia and Eastern Europe, and so uh, th- and it's it's so kind of uh, unt- relatively untouched by tourism, and so that was wow. really beautiful, and and uh, you know, I, we, we played like our our biggest show was a, this this festival in, in Bogota that, that, you know, it was just cool. It's, it's cool to be a part of um, such a mass of people that are all there for music and, and being together. And, and there's, you know, I, I always enjoy, I enjoy just playing for all kinds of folks. So yeah, it was, it was a really enriching experience for sure. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. So you're getting back into the writing side of things you were saying um, mm-hmm. Now tell us about the writing experience during the two single, single. I don't know why I'm having like trouble with that word this morning. Well, maybe, maybe it's not trouble. Maybe it's like a Freudian slip because maybe they are signals in some some way. <laughs> yeah, seriously. yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just sending sending out flares, you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but tell us about the kind of the writing process of letting go and here and now. Um, well, those songs, uh, they definitely came. You know, as I uh, pr- like preceding my my experience with Esperanza, I had just been touring by myself for um, for a long time, and I I didn't even have like a place to live because I just kind of went town to town as I was playing shows and crashing couches and doing the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so 
I it, I had gotten to a point where I I began to feel a pretty strong call to be more grounded, be more rooted, um, and so that's when I shifted towards like doing that in LA more and, and having a bit more permanence here. Um, mm-hmm. And so as I did that and and as I connected with um, with some community here and um, just was able to to have a little bit more stillness in my day-to-day life. Um, those, those songs kind of came about um, as, as a response, you know, they, they're very much um, in a, come from a a meditative uh, prayerful space and also are, are really kind of like specifically geographically linked to being able to spend time um, in the wild parts of California, spending a lot of time in the Joshua tree desert. Um, Mm, Love Joshua tree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 astounding, and um, you know, just just being able to be in the California landscape and dig a little bit deeper. Um, you know, I'm I'm crazy about traveling, and I also I think one of the beautiful things is that in traveling you have the opportunity to have this um, really broad scope for your growth. But I was um, I I'd been experiencing that for a while, and I wanted to shift towards maybe. Uh, deeper rather like a vertical growth rather than a horizontal growth if that makes sense Um, and so like being here and being able to spend like get deeper in that landscape and um, just kind of engage and explore different um, conscious or spiritual practices so that's kind of where those songs came from is is from a more meditative prayerful space and learning how or working on learning how to translate accept fear as a teacher and and work through challenges uh, with reverence. Wow, you sound Absolutely. like this work that I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I told so Nikki. Yeah, well, I said to Nikki, there's one thing that I was certain about after I was done doing my tour for a year was that every fear that I had was going to be overcome because I was facing every single one of them. Didn't Absolutely. even take a year. It took six weeks. Sure. Yeah, it'll, it'll all, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. It happens in travel, and it also happens in stillness, you know, if you'll allow it. But I, I mm-hmm. see that with myself all the time where it's just like all of a sudden all of these things surface, and it's it's a really good uh, opportunity for growth. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, I think it's yeah. the best opportunity for growth. I really do. Stillness. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. No, it's it's very interesting. And you were traveling, did you say two years on the road? I mean, but by myself before the project with Esperanza, it was really, um, I mean, it was like three years without a home base. So just three years continually, wow. but, um, uh, you know, more before that and, and more after that with Esperanza for sure. And how did you manage, um, you know, that's a challenge. I mean, I'm only, I'll be a year into it, April, and I plan uh-huh. on going five years. Um, Great. And I, yeah, and I share a lot about that with people because most people it does you know how do you do that and I'm like well I just do it but do you have any like insights or or tips or tricks or anything that you could share that may be so different than things and I could even learn from as well um in in terms of um like how you just keep yourself together you know it's, mm-hmm. it's you know most people are like isn't it hard not to have a home and to me I just redefined home. Like, Absolutely. it's not that I don't have a home. 
because I do, <laughs> I just don't have one roof over my head. Everywhere I'm at feels like home. Yeah. It's just not my home. Sure. I mean, I think that's a, um, it's a really valuable, uh, it's a really valuable skill or viewpoint to be able to, to step into, um, you know, cause we're, we're so blessed to be able to have, have roots and be able to have community mm-hmm. and, and feel at home in a certain place. But when you're, and when you're able to, um, to take that with you as you move, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a really, it's a really great, um, yeah, viewpoint to be able to step into. For me, um, I find that, that establishing some sense of, um, of habit or ritual to provide like a foundation, um, Mm -hmm. like a, a, you know, some sort of a daily foundation, uh, that, that a small, you know, little bits of structure help me, uh, feel more free sometimes. You know, if I, like, for example, if I'll, I'll go through, if I have a week where I, I just kind of wake up whenever I wake up and I just kind of flow with the day, that's really beautiful. But I've noticed that in myself, um, if if there are certain goals that I set or um or you know yeah progress that I want that I want to achieve it's really helpful for me to um to to lay a more structured foundation so that I can thrive within that so if right. I say I'm going to be really mindful about my morning routine and I want to wake up like at, for for me this is helpful I know everybody has very different approaches that that can work but for me if I I wake up on the earlier side and I, um, I do something to drop into my body early in the day, whether it be a yoga practice or some, some breathing, some meditation, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, like nourishing my body in a, in a more intentional way. And then something to drop into like a creative space, doing some writing, playing some music. Um, it, for me, a, a morning routine is, uh, is really instrumental in the way that the rest of my day goes, the rest, the way it rest, it flows really. And so um, that's a really essential component of being able to, to feel good in my body and in my spirit while I'm having so many like ephemera and uh, physical shifts in my life. Do you also have those same routines to help you to write music? Um, similar. I mean, you know, it, it ebbs and flows, but, um, there are, are definitely components that I find, uh, when I in, am able to incorporate them with more regularity, it's, it's really, it makes the creative soil more, more fertile, you know, um, like absolutely with the morning routine, um, you know, a practice like, uh, like Julia Cameron's artist way, she talks about, um, writing morning pages you know, and just allowing yourself the freedom to put stream of consciousness thoughts on the paper and not self-editing and things like that and, and making sure to, to take a little bit of time. Of course, it is a, it is a privilege to be able to, to take time for yourself, but if you can, you know, even if it's 15 minutes here and there, just to, like, kind of bless your food as you eat it or, or uh, like, really be present with a song that you're really loving or, or whatever it may be. You know, I find all those things really creative, creatively nourishing. Um, and what, like one time I went to see Saul Williams uh, mm-hmm. perform and speak, a really great poet. Awesome, and, yeah. uh, and someone asked him about writer's block. <laughs> and 
uh, let's see, I'm trying to figure out how to edit this because I don't want to use, I don't want to quote, quote him with, with profanity on your show. But, oh, uh, we, you oh that's okay. Right? Oh, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, we're down so with he, it. Yeah. They said, like, Saul, how do I, okay, great. How do I cope with writer's block? Like, how do you handle that? And he said, writer's block. Like, I don't really believe in writer's block. If the shit don't flow, change your diet. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you know, I really love that. If if yeah. things aren't if things aren't moving the way that you want them to, maybe that's a really good opportunity con- to consider like, hmm, maybe I'm not feeling creative because I am getting too caught up in X Y Z, or I was like wasting too much time on the internet, or I'm like, I need to take a step back from the news for a second, or shift my relationship with the news or, or whatever, you know, a toxic relationship, anything. Um, so just trying to be conscious of the, the input, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when you were talking about routine, I mean, that just, it struck me because, you know, as having my mom around, um, you know, since I was a child, she's always tried to instill like a morning routine in with me, which I think has been hard. So kind of hearing how, how you know how your physical and spiritual well-being is being nurtured while you're on the road and it's been something that I've been trying to focus on and hearing that you know it works for you and it works for you know a lot of other people that I speak to that's it's good you know it's good to hear somebody else talk about that kind of morning routine and setting your day up with you know gratitude and fulfilling your body with some type of um I think you said I don't know the terminology you used, but you almost said like um, dropping into you and then dropping into your creative you. And like that really spoke volumes to me. I mean, I, I I just think it's, it's all connected, you know, like the the body and the spirit and the mind and, um, and even the collective consciousness, you know, there's a ripple effect for all of these things. Um, Like, like you guys were talking about earlier, you know, the way that, the way that you nourish a body, your body has a direct effect on your mind. It's just, mm-hmm. it's all, mm-hmm. that ripple effect is real. And it, it's, uh, it's really powerful to be able to, um, to make little, little changes that feel good and feel nourishing and see it, uh, see it affect everything. So is music for someone, um, or both of you, I, I would ask this question too, because music is your passion and your career, basically, I guess, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When when you're performing or when you're writing a song, is it a joyful meditative approach most of the time or is it like a stressful work approach? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, mm, Yeah. Um, you know, ha- how, do, how do you manage that and what does that look like? I mean, I, Nikki, if, if anything comes to mind, you know, please no, go uh, for it. Go for it. I would love to hear what you have to say to that. I mean, I I think there's there's always elements of both. It's always a dance with anything, even anything that you mm-hmm. care about, even, um, you know, in a relationship. There's elements where it, it feels like work. You're putting work into it, um, but it's a labor of love too. So there are times when less in the performance for me, you know, um, the elements of of music as a career and as a livelihood that feel like work to me are sometimes just the, the busy administrative work that lead up to kind of the 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 crest of the performance, at which mm-hmm, point right. all of that 
drops away. And of course, there's moments in performance where the sound is funny or you're, you know, um, it, there's like human error that comes up or you, you may, um, you know, miss a lyric or a note or whatever happens. <laughs> and, and those times when you're caught off guard or you feel, um, you know, it, it's, you feel really present, but you also feel really vulnerable. Sometimes that, um, that's challenging, but really, I mean, it's, I think when I'm, when I'm, um, when I'm on stage and I'm having the opportunity to like really connect with an audience who's really present and, and we're in it together, that's, um, that's when I feel like my truest self. And that's when I feel like, like my highest self, like I'm doing, um, I'm doing the work I'm supposed to do. And I really, I, I always appreciate remembering, um, I believe it, it's a, uh, a quote from Charlie Hayden, the great bass player that said, um, paraphrasing here, but you know, the, the goal is really to, uh, take that person that you are when you're playing music and try and be that person when you're not playing music. Because I you're interacting. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you're, you're like interacting with, um, with life and with the universe and with people uh, in a very present, um, very, you know, improvised way. You're listening, you're giving, you're, you're being honest, all of these things um, yeah. that, you know, if, and, and for me, that's, most often music, but for some people it's like lovingly preparing food or it's running or it's, um, you know, whatever, whatever that creative passion is. But, um, I think that's a really good reminder, you know, that, um, that's, that's like such a, it's such a beautiful, very high, uh, integrity human place to operate from. And so to try and carry that into the moments where it feels like work sometimes is kind of the goal. Right. Absolutely. I completely agree. You know, I had, I play in um, one cover band. The rest of, of my gigs out here are usually just, just me and a mm-hmm. guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had once, uh, one of the people in the band tell me, you know, you take this, this music thing too seriously. And it was Whoa. recent. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, would you hire me if I didn't type of thing? You right. know I mean? This is like, um, yeah. And, and, I I take what I do on stage very seriously and the smallest mistake sometimes I can I can get down on myself and I think that's where um kind of my my mentals need a little little work on staying focused because I can I can make a little mistake and I'll be like man like I've done sung that part right a million times but like you were saying like you know human error if I'm thinking about the monitor if I can't hear my you know if the keys aren't coming through loud you know whatever it is that I want to you know, blame it on in that minute. Um, you know, I, I definitely take it super seriously and I'm in, in a zone when I'm up there. So for me, I don't think it's stressful unless, um, and it, I don't want to say it's not stressful because like, like you were saying, there are times where, it, you know, it, it does do that dance where it's a little bit of everything. But for the most part, for example, I, I, I had a collaboration um that I was working on uh, towards like October of last year, um, you know, working with a new producer was really excited. Um, and I kept submitting, you know, my, my take on this track and writing to it and making tweaks and edits as I went along. And, 
um, you know, to the point where the producer, you know, um, was just like, you know, maybe, maybe this and maybe that. And it just felt like it was, you know, I didn't feel attached to the song anymore. And it Mm -hmm. had been taken out of context so many different times. I didn't feel true to what I was even saying or writing about anymore. Um, To the point where I had to step back and say, you know what, this, this does feel like a job. And the reason I chose music as my career is because it didn't feel like a job. It felt like what I was supposed to do, you know? So I think there are times where if it gets too stressful for me, I need to step back and like either revisit it another time when I've, you know, gained some clarity about, you know, what was causing me the stress and addressed it or, you know, you know, just decided not to, not to, that, that it just wasn't feeding my soul the way I needed it to, you know? Absolutely. Um, so I think, I think for, for me personally, I, you know, I try to make it not a stressful environment when, when I'm going into a writing session or going into the live world where I'm bringing people into my little, you know, journey of, of music. So, um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. Sometimes it is just a song and dance and there are things kind of out of our control that, you know, make it a little stressful in those times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's the same, you know, it's just like life. Like sometimes the things that catch us off guard um, are the same things that uh, that provide the, the blessings and the growth opportunities, you know. The fact that absolutely. there's all these elements of the unknown, that's also where the beauty comes from. Mm-hmm. That's like that story of, um, you know, people credit, uh, like the origin of scat singing to, uh, like an Ella Fitzgerald gig where someone called the tune Mac the knife and she didn't know the words, you know, she knew the words in the beginning, but then came the second verse and she either didn't know or had forgotten the words. And so she just sang, she just kept it going and she kept the music going. Yeah. And she stayed really mm-hmm. present with it and really authentic, but she just sang, syllables and so and that became like a form that we all adopted and revered and you know transmuted and everything forever since then you know right it's like sometimes the way that you are able to interact with those things and it can be really good grounds for growth absolutely well it sounds like you are are doing really well Are, are you playing um out at venice at all, I know sometimes you're you're sometimes in Venice, which is pretty yeah, local. Yeah, I, I don't have anything in Venice right now. Um, Where are you playing? I've got um, like my next show is up in SF, uh, in San Francisco, and then okay. um, I've got uh, a little Texas tour, and then uh, where I'm I'm from Texas, so I'm gonna go play a little string of shows in my home state, and then awesome. I've got uh, I'm playing a couple of festivals out here. Um, playing guitar with another band at, at the Lucidity Festival and then a little late night set at uh, Lightning in a Bottle Festival. Nice. And then, um, yeah. And then, and then doing a, a, another tour in the Northeast. Where are you going to be in Texas? Because we have a ton of listeners in that okay, cool. my biggest state. Uh, I toured wow. Texas for the whole month of November. And the uh, I'd say probably in the United States, you know, the, a large majority of my followers are from the state of Texas. Beautiful. Yeah, there's so, some good folks down there. Yeah, um, so please let us know yeah, when your games sure. are. Dallas, Austin, Houston, and a bunch of smaller towns as well. So. Okay, and um, do you list this on your website so that people can I find do. out? I do. 
Um, my website is emilyelbert.com, and then there's a there's a tour page on there that people can always uh, click on the link. So there's a newsletter if they want updates. Yeah. And there's plenty of like music and you know kind of anything you could want is up there. Yeah, I love That's your awesome. website. It's so awesome. Thank you. Thank um, you. So Appreciate I'm it. sorry I didn't get to have your singles up here, but I just did tell yeah, our good. our listeners that we will be starting our our show out next week with those two songs so everybody can hear them because they're so amazing and you know just I've always been such a fan of not only your voice but your playing and your style of music and you're just such a sweet person and I I I love you girl and I'm so happy you'll be able to do our show this morning oh such a pleasure yeah thank you yeah thank you too for you know putting putting such good loving consciousness into the world and you know chilling up and doing your thing it's uh, much needed thanks girl yeah. appreciate it and keep us yeah. keep us all posted on your tour dates and mom's tour dates listed on her website so you guys can yeah. really catch her i mean it'd be hard to miss you what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep uh i'll keep getting out there so Chipping well away. maybe our paths will cross since i'm still yeah, touring look forward to it. yeah to it. absolutely Okay, well, thank you guys, and thank you, Emily, and we'll talk to you guys next Saturday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Up Your Morning, Up Up Your Morning, Up Your your Volume. That, too. I think it's 40 and Swiss. It's just, you know, it's real stuff. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's the morning morning. we're coming right back, full circle. Oh, so funny. So, Nikki, do you have any shows coming up that you need? Where where can we find you this week? Oh, my goodness. This week. Um, nice yes, guy, probably. I think, I think, yeah. So, the second is a Thursday. I'll be at the Nice Guy. The third, I'll be at Saboba Springs Country Club up in, like, uh, Riverside area, I think. And mm-hmm. then... Um, the fourth, I'm back at Boathouse. Uh, that's not, that's a lie. The fourth, I'm seeing George Benson, and the fifth, Woo! I will be at the Boathouse. So awesome. there's some stuff coming up, and I'll let you guys know about the George Benson thing because I think I'll be talking to you guys. Oh no, I'll be talking to you guys the morning before I go, so I'll update with you guys. Well, it might be we go, right? What? Aren't aren't I going? No. I thought you said <laughs> we could, we could talk about that all fair. <laughs> well thanks again Emily and for all you guys that want to hear her right now check out emilyalbert.com and I believe it's at emilyalbert on Instagram as well am I correct Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay awesome well thank you again and everybody have a great week and we'll talk to you soon ciao ciao everybody thank you bye